Welcome back, Sports Up Underground. This is Matt Dolph. I'm here with Ty Anderson, my co-star, as we are every single episode at 985thesportsup.com, Sports Hub app, wherever you get your podcast. Ty, hello. Hey, what's going hey, on? What's going on? It's 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 getting nice outside, but it's not so nice in Boston sports. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, Ty. We we got we got a few months here of it's going to be it's going to get dicey out there. Yeah, well, maybe. You never know. You never know. Something don't could let come them win up. tonight, right? And then they won. Something so. could come up. Yeah. Don't let someone commit a, a felonious crime that gets all over TMZ tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and know, then I, we'll have something I, to talk about. Didn't that happen? When did Aaron Hernandez get arrested for murder? Was that like during a Bruins playoff game? Wasn't it like during um, like their, their 2013 run? It was in 2013. Yeah. I don't know exactly when. But I want to say it was like June. Okay. So yeah, it was might have been it might have been during the 2013 Stanley Cup final. I, that was, sounds right. It wasn't long after. I don't think that Hernandez like signed an extension with the team, and then uh, and then uh, that oh, whole thing came up. It was the day after. I'm pretty sure. Day after they lost to the Blackhawks, June 26, 2013. So. Jeez. If that, if that, if if my math is right, I'm pretty sure the Bruins lost the cup the next day, or the day before, or later that night. Like it was, it was pretty wild when that quite happened. Quite a week. That was quite a week. Yeah, because then that was crazy. Is the draft was like two days later, and I covered the draft, so I had to, uh, I had to like the the it was in Jersey. So like the Bruins lost the cup on like a Thursday or like a Wednesday, I think, and then. The next day was like breakup day, and then Saturday and Sunday, or Saturday, I think, was the draft, and we had to drive out there, and it was like, wow, this is a really crazy uh, whirlwind of a time. But yeah, uh, that this, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, like, ideally, nobody gets murdered over the well, next that's what I'm month saying. or so. Yeah, of course, yeah. you know. Yeah. I remember that story. They were like, "Yeah, he's being investigated." I was like, "Ah, oh, you know, he was probably he might have been there. He knows he knew the assailant. No, he he straight up did it. He, he just he just killed the guy." That is nuts, and it's weird to think like uh, he is uh, dead, like like that is. Uh, yeah, he's dead, dead. I remember that. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was touching at like six in the morning. I remember touching Rich. The news came out at like literally six a.m. Was like, oh my god, that he died. Yeah, Hernandez found dead. Yeah, yeah. That's why that Netflix documentary about him was wild. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that one or not? Well, I yeah, there's I a guess few so. of, I think there's a few of them. I think. Oh, I think there's more than one. Yeah. yeah. No, I saw the one that was on Netflix. And uh, that was actually when I believe I first got COVID. Oh, all right. January 2020. I I could probably pull up the text that I sent to you and Bart. Like, guys, I uh, feel dead. This is this is the most sick I've felt in a long time. I don't know what to do. And so, yeah, I laid on my couch for three days and just watched that Hernandez documentary. When I got COVID, I was like, I was fine in like 72 hours. And I was and I kept testing, kept testing positive. It was so annoying because I was like, mm. I feel fine. Like, why is this happening? Like, I couldn't go to game uh, six, and uh, I I got to the Bruins and Carolina a yeah. year ago, right? Yeah. And I got and I got clear just in time for breakup day, which was nice. But I was like, this is so annoying because I felt fine after the 
72 hour mark, but I wasn't going to yeah. go out if I was still testing positive. Right. I was going to say the rules and regulations might have been different, but I think eventually people said, like, just stop testing because if you're symptom free, they change it to the symptoms. If you don't have symptoms, just go. Yeah. Don't I, think even it, test. I think it's kind of crazy how don't we, even check. we just decided it was over. Like, we all were yeah. like, no, it's over. But, like, if you if you know someone who got, like, exposed to COVID and they want to get, like, a, what, a PCR test? Is that what they're called? Yes. It's, like, super hard to get one for, like, less than, like, 200 and something dollars. I'm like, this is not effective, uh, I don't mean, believe. now? Yeah. Like, you, wow. like, there's really no place to just, like, if you want one of those tests, you can buy, like, the self-test, right? But, like, if you oh, want okay. one of, like, the more thorough ones, like, it's, like, yeah. impossible to get that. It's I was going to say, I have, like, a stack of home tests <laughs> At my uh, at my apartment, my like, you tell me I could go throw those on eBay and get like a hundred bucks? No, 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 no. The, Damn it! The, these are like the fancy ones. Oh, well, yeah. I'll have to think of a different idea for my uh, corporation. Yeah, uh, I have ideas. I'm not going to tell them on here though, because then they'll get they'll get swiped up. Why not? Just tell me your right. Let's 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 cook up some ideas. Let's Nothing. do the Sports Hub Underground Entrepreneurship Hour. Uh. I have an idea, but priority exists out there for an app where I had to get a new debit card because uh, someone stole my ID uh, or my banking information, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish there was an app that told me all of the things that that card was linked to, like the auto pays. Because I was like, I was going through it in my head. I'm like, uh, my car insurance, my Netflix, my. Yeah. I was like. But I'm like running through it. I'm like, I know I forgot one, so I'm gonna get that notice like from someone being like, "Hey, by the way, you need to pay this." I'm like, "Oh, that one." Yeah. yeah. If there was like, like a one stop service where like you enter your information and they they remove it from wherever. Right. Or they just go, "Hey, you have this card linked to this account." You know what I mean? Like versus looking through like your actual banking. I'm sure. It, I'm sure. But it I exists. guess you just cancel the card and. Yeah. Well, it's the same did I tell you what happened about that? Uh, uh, when that you, happened, I don't know if you told us the whole story. So let's tell the whole world the story. So I got a fraudulent charge on my uh, debit card, um, and I, the TD Bank uh, fraud department called me because they were like, "Hey, we noticed that uh, you just made a purchase in Louisiana, and then you made a purchase five minutes later in Brighton. So this purchase in Louisiana is this fraud?" And I'm so, like, sir, can you teleport? Yeah, basically. And I was like, "Yeah, that's not me in Louisiana." And they were like, "Okay, cool." Um, we're going to shut off the card for the time being. Just go to a TD bank, get a new card. And I was like, all right, word. So I did. I walked to the TD uh, in Brighton. It was like a 10-minute walk from where I live. So I was like, yeah, word. So I go in. I get a new card. And, you know, everything's good. I transfer all the, like, the um, whatever over and stuff. And I get a call at 10 p.m. from an 800 number. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I answer it. And like, sir, this is uh, the TD bank fraud department. I was like, how you guys doing? And they were like, and they're like, just so you know, uh, there was more, uh, there were more charges made to your card. And I'm like, oh, I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Like, if someone got my information, why would they make one forty dollars yeah. purchase? And, no, uh, it would keep going as long right. as they could. So I was like, okay, what are the new charges? And they were like, uh, okay, uh, there's a five hundred dollar eBay charge. There's a four hundred and fifty dollar Priceline.com charge. Uh, there's a charge here. And, and I'm like, oh, and they go, oh, they linked your card to Apple Pay, so they're free to buy whatever they want now. And I was like, okay, uh, well, I was like, I got a new card. I was like, what is the final four of the card that they're using this with? And they said my old card. And I was like, well, that's, that's okay. Like, sure, maybe there's, maybe these are pending that like are finally mm-hmm. coming through. And uh, I'm like, something's off though. I'm like in my head, I'm like, this isn't, this doesn't sound like a bank. Right. So uh, 
the guy, I went, well, you know, I, I told the guy, I go, well, I got a new card, so uh, if any new purchases come in, I'll just have to dispute them with the bank and, and you know, figure it out from there. And he goes, well, we can stop it right now. And I was like, oh, we can. And he goes, I just need the uh, 16 digits of your new card. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, man, I'll set with that. And I just hung up. I was like, and your social security, please. Right. I was just like, and I was like, your home address, please. Idiot. I was like, I couldn't believe that. But I was like, is there an easy though to see how like an 80 something year old gets scammed? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like just based on that conversation, yeah. like you, you think, oh, it's, oh a, easy. it's a number. It's this, it's that. Like. No, it was a fraud. Yeah, no, my mom is in her like early seventies, and she's she's doing great. She's in great shape, but there's definitely been moments where she's just like, "This is a scam, right?" So yeah. It's like, yes. Yeah. God, don't respond to those people. Right. Right. So it's uh, like there's, she's the, the, my parents might be in danger of uh, falling victim to something like that if they don't if they're not careful. Yeah. The weirdest thing though is that like the person who stole my like banking information. The first thing they did is they, the only thing they did is they bought $40 worth of candles. Like, no, no, not candles, tea. They bought tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> buy something cool. Like, what are you doing? Are you going to yeah. buy hot tea with my money? Like, that's, that's weird. They they thought they would, like, it would be inconspicuous. Right. Yeah, he'll never know. They'll never notice tea. Right. And Get they, 400 pounds of it now. And they call me, yeah, they call me at 10 p.m. and they want the new card. Eh, I think I'm all set giving you that information, man. Yeah. I just said to the guy, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that, man. Yeah, this is the North Shore Credit Bureau. Yeah. Uh, I just need your ATM pin. And you're like, okay, it's a five, and you hear in the background. Yeah, right. Sorry, what was the number? Sorry, I got to clear this. All right, give me the number again. Just, yeah. Let me get a pad and paper. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You feel like, you know, I was... Usually, if it's like a bank calling you, like like the number would be from like the main number of... You know, like if it's Bank of America, you'd get like one eight hundred four whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the app, the number one main hotline of Bank of America, but it just happens to be their fraud department. You get a, a number from like a random like eight seven two nine three one zero ninety eight five. It's like it's like okay, maybe this isn't a real uh, bank. Yeah, calling me. Yeah, that was sort of the, that was like sort of the uh, that was the like the number looked legit. Right, mm. so it was easy to see how that could happen to. Uh, it was funny. I tried when I was like twenty something. I tried to become like an extra in a movie. And, oh, like, there you go. And I tried to like I, I sent it, but it, but it turned out to be a scam. Like I I oh. sent my uh, I, they, they sent the number to call. Yeah. So I called, and they just they didn't even say like hello, welcome, or whatever. They're just like, is this your first time calling us? That was the first <laughs> thing the person said. <laughs> and then like eventually it got to like. I'm asking for my bank account number. I was like, what do you need my bank account number for? And then I just Yeah, up. that's weird. So that was an odd attempt to get someone to give their uh, information. You was figured they could get an old person, like we were saying, but, you know, not old sharp me. That's like I, I got stopped at the mall once, and they're like, you're very handsome. We want you to be in movies. And I was like, lady, I'm ugly as shit. Lady, I look like a muskrat. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I yeah. am fat and gray. What is the... Was he arrested in June, or was he charged in June? What, back to Aaron Hernandez? Is this what yeah. you're circling back to? Yeah. He was... They were. Uh, there were reports of him being in this investigation like a few days before he got arrested. Okay. I believe. G- a former New England Patriot, Aaron Hernandez, charged with murder June 27th. Yeah, I don't know. I have yeah, no I idea. think the report came out that he was being like investigated mm-hmm. and then a few days later 
he got arrested and he was on TV. Like people, the news was there. Why do I think? And then April? he got brought to the courtroom, and then they announced that he was being charged with murder. Was April when was the murder wild. happened? Is that yeah, what I'm thinking think of? Maybe something like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe that's one. Yeah, that's when the murderings. Yeah. Took place. That was a busy time. That was a busy time in my life. Bruins were trading Sagan. Shirelli was telling me the Bruins were trading Sagan. Oh, my like, God. weird. I remember that was like the 4th of July or something, right? Yeah, I, but that I was, was like a on crazy the golf week. course. They were like trying to re-sign Horton. They were trying to re-sign Ferentz. They were trading Sagan. Like, it was this wild sort of thing, I remember. So, Well, they got Louis Erickson. He's a 20-goal scorer. They, Louis Erickson, the Swedish team, moved on from him this year. Isn't that weird? Like, they, like, announced, they were like, we thank Louis Erickson, but we are moving on. It's weird. Jeez, you can't even play in Sweden anymore. If you're, like, a Swedish team, don't you just want one of the best Swedish players of his generation on your team just to sell tickets? Like, is it, like I just found that. And he didn't have, like, a bad year. Look at his numbers. Like, oh, all right, decent for a 39-year-old, whatever he is now. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a fossil now, right? Like, Must be real bad. They, yeah. He, so, they, don't don't even, they won't even put him on the team to put asses in the seats? The fans weren't happy. Like, the fans of that team, when that team tweeted it out, I was like translating. I was scrolling, and like they had to translate. And I was everyone was pissed about it. So no, like, Swedes are typically mild mannered, happy people. I want to come to their hockey team. Yeah, we see what well, we see with Lena Solmark, Rogel or something like that. We I see with Lena Solmark. It's like yeah, you know, you get up and see the sunshine. Well, that's I think, okay. I think that's the big difference between a lot of Swedes and American culture, and I think it might be better. Honestly, is they don't they don't live and die with their jobs. They're like, yeah, whatever. Like it, it, it's no, he was on Frolunda. That's where he was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I have like a hot take on that in terms of like if that's bad or not. I feel like it's almost good, like in a weird way. Like it sucks, yeah, when you lose. But like I don't know if you're if you're going home every night miserable because you because of your job or you're overworking yourself with the bone. And I don't know if that's a good quality of life. No, well, you're saying it's good or you don't know if it's good or bad for the actual teams to be yeah consumed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't well, know. Like, I want them to want to come back and win the next year if they lose, you know. Who's the last Scandinavian goalie to win a Stanley Cup though? Like that's why that's what I mean, like is it good or bad? Like like I mean, I it's weird for goalies cuz you don't want them to get Yeah, I guess you don't want them to get too amped up or anything like that. Yeah, cuz then that's how you have a bad game. Yeah. But like It's like, almost like you I, want I them to be like you want them to be unbothered by that Moment. Right, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, I guess I, I the, the argument I've made before. It's all it's always tied to winning and losing, whether a guy's personality is. Yeah, you know, if Allmark like dominated that series against the Panthers and the Bruins rode him all the way to a Stanley Cup, and he was like the Conn Smythe winner and all that, we'd be saying, oh, he's got ice water in his veins, nothing phases him. Mm-hmm. But now, like, he doesn't play well, he loses, and he's like, eh, you know, get up and see the sunshine next morning. We look at him like, eh, I don't know if that's the right, I don't know if that's the attitude I want in my in my team. But I also like him trying to fight Matt Kachuk. So there's yes. like there's like various yes. levels of it all, right? Like, like Tuka was kind of the same way after the loss. He's like, eh, shit happens. But you'd see him out there being a psychopath, right? Like, like right. there's a balance there. So I guess it all depends. It's not, yeah, Swedes. I mean, I don't think they have as many uh, mental health issues as no as Americans. Americans no. are freaking crazy. I yeah, mean, I wonder why. Anyway. There's a lot, of, a lot of different things you could probably point to. What's there. on the agenda today, Matt? I don't. I mean, I wish we are. We are scrounging, my friend. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. 
Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. Um, you want to get the hockey stuff out of the way first? Sure, why not? All right, Don Sweeney, Bruins GM, finalist for GM of the year. Do you think he wins the award? No. Who do you think wins? Bill Zito. And I say that... Wait, who's oh, Bill Sorry, who's uh, Bill Zito? Bill Zito's the Florida Panthers GM, former agent oh. for Tim Thomas and Tuga Rask, actually. But is this um, an award that is voted on after the, the end of the regular season? Or end of it- the regular season, voted on by the GMs. Um so I think they're probably they're probably looking at what I looked at when I voted for the Hart Trophy, where Matthew Kachuk willed that team to the playoffs just on his back. And and listen, that with that trade, you know, it took some balls, right? Like you're trading Huberto after 120 points or whatever it was. You're trading Mackenzie Wegar after what was an awesome season for him, and you're bringing in one player, right? You did a two for one swap, and you brought in Matthew Kachuk, and it changed the identity of the Florida Panthers, arguably for the better. You'd say, right? So I think it did. I I think that's what GMs would look at. Also, Jim Nill in Dallas, he's the other finalist. Um, What Jim Nill has done, I think, is really impressive in terms of uh, he's built a new foundation while also retaining some of his old foundation. You know, your Ben's, your Sagan's, your adding Pavelski, I'll count him. Mm -hmm. Um, But you want to look at a GM who knocked it out of the park and a scouting department that knocked it out of the park. Look at that 2017 draft for Dallas. They get Miro Heskinen, yeah. Jake Ottinger, and Jason Robertson. Back, big, like back to back to back. That's unbelievable. You get a core defenseman, a core winger, and a core goaltender all back to back to back. That's nuts. Um, so, But then you also look at what they've also um, added here with – uh, some of their recent picks, Wyatt Johnson, uh, Wyatt Johnston is like 18, 19 years old. He's been playing a big role for them this year and in the playoffs. So um, Jim Neal is kind of interesting in that regard too. Good deadline, bringing in Dadanov and Max Domi uh, from mm-hmm. Montreal and Chicago. So um, I think I – so the Panthers one is interesting to me though because they look at that team and, and say he, he, the GM deserves an award after – Right after they get in on the wild card, because I figure like if G if Bruins if the Bruins GM is on that list because the Bruins were a great team and he mm-hmm. made these great moves to make them into a great team. Yeah, I think I, I think with Zito though, I think it's like recognizing, you know, like the like I agree that I think that Bill Zito didn't really do a whole lot in season. It was kind of like you know. Like, I think Alex Lyon, you want to credit him for signing Alex Lyon? You know, go for right. it. A guy who was a third-string goaltender. No. Actually, fourth-string, I think, last year in Carolina. Um, bringing him in, he he wills them to the playoffs. In addition to Matthew Kachuk, he was great down the stretch for them uh, before fading in the postseason. But, like, I think that has to do with it more than, like, you know, he he made all these moves and, and you know, I think it's more of identity and, like, recognizing. Because like, like, when Sweeney won it in 2019... I remember we kind of talked, and I was like, "Yeah, sure. I mean, he won it, but like, he kind of, he kind of had to make those moves, right? Like, it would have been mm-hmm. easy for like when he got Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson, because if you remember, they had Ryan Donato and Jacob Forsbacher Carlson and Peter Solarik and like all these other guys basically yeah. skating in this place, and it wasn't working. I remember when JFK was gonna be, was the next big thing, right? But I think that there's a difference there between like 
by 2018, like 2019 when Sweeney won it, and 2023 when Bill Zito might win it. It's almost like, no, no, he saw it before we all saw it that they needed to make an identity change, and that's there's value in being a, a leader and realizing that, right? Like, mm. so I think that might be why he's getting that vote this time around. That's sort of what I've been saying, I guess, for the last few weeks since the Bruins lost. It's like, do they need to make that Kachuk trade? And I mean, we've talked about it for the last few weeks. Yeah. We don't need to get into it again. I just don't know if they will. You know, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't like, see. I don't see that move for them. But I guess, I guess we could have said that about Florida before the Kachuk trade. Is like, I don't know if that move is there for them. And then there, lo and behold, they make the Kachuk trade. So I guess I, I didn't know. have Florida on my list of teams that I thought would be in on Kachuk. Like I didn't think I was like no I won the president. Were there trophy. even a ton of like trade rumors with him before? It's a good question. That actually. even happened? I thought for sure St. Louis. He's from there. You know they were coming up short. I was like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, right? His dad then, played there. Right, right, and it didn't work out that way. I thought maybe Ottawa be with his brother. Um, didn't work out that way. Like, but yeah, for for them to make that move is it was big, and I I just think that. You know, for Zito, it shows it showed a lot of guts, and I, and I think that's kind of that's yeah. why I'm thinking the other GMs are going to recognize that and say we're going to like because it's voted on by the GMs, so it's your your fellow GMs, your peers, right? Yeah. yeah, so that's why I think it's going to go to Zito versus versus Sweeney. But Sweeney had a big hand this year, man. Like <laughs> you think, like <laughs> the polarizing move to move on from Bruce Cassidy and bring in Jim Montgomery, it worked. For 82 games, it worked. I We can say we want about the seven-game series. I understand it. But for 82 games, it worked. Um, and then and that's when the voting is done. It's voting The voting is done in season, not in the playoffs. So you have that. Uh, bringing in Zaka for Hollow was a huge win for the Bruins. Huge. Um, and it may have addressed the position of need long-term, potentially. Uh, you want to look at getting Pasternak re-signed. That was big, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the deadline, I think, was a great... Didn't work out, but great moves. <laughs> awesome all-in moves. It's almost like he would be winning the award for the last two years because, yeah. you know, Allmark was last year and, like, right. guys taking steps forward. Right. I- I'm surprised that if I were, like, a... If I were a voting voting uh, member here, I- I- I'd be a little surprised that that Rob Blake didn't get more love in LA, uh, bringing in Kevin Fiala over the off season. Um, the trade for Corpus Allo and Gavrikov, I thought was really good for LA. Yeah. Corpus Allo. Uh, I guess that just doesn't measure up to the Bruins or Panthers. Right. In terms right. of GM, uh, achievements. Yeah. And I'm trying to think like who else, like you give credit to. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, hard, but just yeah. that Kachuk trade. It, it looks Holland, like that one, like not a great GM, but, bringing in Ekholm was a good move for them like they were yeah. really good once they got Mateus Ekholm so but then when you have you know what's the funny thing with Edmonton is that like they are constantly boned it, it, by having McDavid and Dreisaitl like Dreisaitl will never win a Hart Trophy because he plays behind McDavid yeah, right yeah. Ken Hall will never win a GM of the Year award because he has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Like, yeah. and their wingers will never get the credit they deserve, no matter how good they are, because they play with yeah, their coach, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Their coach will, and then McDavid will win everything. Right, right. Like, it's kind of funny how, like, you know, but but like those are guys I think could have been in the running this year. Um, definitely not Hextall. Oh my God, he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really interesting. But I think I think that's I think they got it right for the most part. I would say. Yeah, what about Seattle uh, Kraken? 
Who's their yeah, GM? Yeah, but like, I don't know. Could it have gotten worse than it was a year ago? Like, they basically just brought in a bunch of guys who just said, we shoot the puck. It's like, okay, yeah. good. You need that. You need more of that. <laughs> good job. I skate and I shoot. Yeah, like, so. That's what I, we do, eh? I mean, that would have been all right, but I don't know. Like, Ron Francis is like, kind of hired the entire Olchek family. So, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of unbelievable. That was a no-brainer. Dude. I don't know. Like, have you been watching Florida and Carolina at all? Uh, a little bit. I was away. Eddie last O weekend, so. hates the Hurricanes. He hates them, and <laughs> I feel like it's to the point where they, he shouldn't be on the broadcast because yeah. the Hurricanes fired his brother. So he like he hates them, and it's like, dude, it's so obvious you don't like this team. Like, so even when they do something good, he gives them like a backhanded. He called them like unimpressive, and I was like, I was like, I don't agree with that, but all right, man, go for it. Hey, I mean, they're down three zero. No. They're still a good He's team. Doing though. some grave like, dancing. It's just weird. I, I, yeah, I kind of weird. Made well, it farther whatever. than the Penguins, Eddie. Didn't he play for the Penguins? He coached the Penguins. He got coached, fired. Coached I think he played Penguins. for them too, though. I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think he is an old. He was penguin. like the first coach fired out of the lockout. People at the zoo are real nice, Penguin. <laughs> treat you real respectable, like. But, but I want to ask you this because we we've talked about Don Sweeney every week on this podcast for like two years now. Whatever it's too been. much, probably. Uh, isn't it kind of funny how the perception of him has totally changed? Like the last, oh, it's taken a one eight. Like a year ago, we were wondering like this guy ruined the team. Like he, right, he ruined right. the roster. There's no chance they're going to be a, a cup contender. And you know now he's desperately uh, clinging to Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, and it's still sort of the case. Yeah, like, but so much else went right for him. I still don't know if I want him leading a rebuild, but but mm. it's a lot different than than what it was a year ago, right? Where That's, I was writing a column when they fired Cassidy, going. They're firing Cassie to make up for Don Sweeney's mistakes. And then Don Sweeney yeah. was like, hey, watch this, Anderson. <laughs> that's basically what he did. See, like, that's, you know, he's made a lot of great moves to bring in players, but I guess we haven't seen a ton of him making trades to move guys out. He's never done like, that. Like, there's, there's not going to be, we haven't seen a situation where, like, did he get enough for this guy or that guy? He's never done you know? that. Yeah, so, I like, you're, like you're, to your point, of they start rebuilding, does he have it in him to, like, trade away legit pieces for... First round picks and top prospects and whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's the part that I'm a little nervous about, but I don't know because if we're there the, yet because his evaluation of prospects hasn't exactly been the best, right? In recent years, so it's like, would he be able to evaluate guys from other teams, or would we see another like more Shirelli BS? It's really interesting because I I do think you know I've asked around to people who see these guys more than I do, and the people say their drafting has gotten better, but we just don't know yet. We don't know until... I haven't seen anybody. You know, Fabian Lysel had a great year, a great mm-hmm. start to the year, and they went, then he went to the World Juniors. He had a bad World Juniors, and he came back, and he was horrible down the stretch for Providence. Like, you know, talking to people down there, like he wasn't good the second half. He just wasn't a good player. And I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. Playing hurt, or They don't he think just... he's going to... And the people I've talked to, they don't think he's going to be ready for NHL minutes next year. Like, they don't just, they just don't see it. Um, so it's like, okay, I thought that was a good pick, and now I'm like, wait, he needs two full years of AHL seasoning before he's ready? That kind of, mm. that's not really the current trend right. for most first-round picks anymore. See, that's so, what, it, yeah, that was a, a thing, like, we don't have to go into a whole conversation about it right now, but, like, shouldn't the Bruins, like, the Bruins have been almost excessively patient with their prospects. Yes. Over the years, and it's sort of come back to bite them, where, like, a guy gets to 23, 24, 25 years old, and it's like, oh, he can't play. Maybe, or you have maybe to we should out. Maybe we should have waivers now, right? Maybe we should have traded him a few years ago for a legit player when he was 
still a prospect. Now we got nothing. Now we got nothing to show for. So it's like Stanika. Yeah, and like at the same time, maybe they maybe they're taking too long. Maybe Stanika would have been better off if he came up here quicker and they played him more often. Like, should they start to be a little more aggressive and a little faster in terms of promoting guys, giving them NHL time? We see we see it all the time with with even like legit teams where like a twenty one twenty two year old prospect comes up and makes an impact. Yeah, that's like I remember, and like guys becoming captains at age twenty twenty one. You know, like I feel we, like there's been there's not nearly as much of that here. No, there's definitely not. And Sweeney's used the term before, uh, overbaked. Right, like that. Like you want them to be overbaked by the time they come to the NHL. It's like, well, I like to see Do who we? they can play. <laughs> like I like my players a little a little chewy. You don't need don't need to have that full on crunch. Right, I want them to be burnt. Well, that well that was kind of like, a little bit of chewiness to them. Well, that was kind of like you know people were saying like oh you got to find out what Sadnika you got to find out what Sadnika Sadnika's like two years younger than than Braden Point he's been in the league for like five years now and I'm like well yes and no <laughs> like this guy's been around forever and we just don't know if this guy can play but I feel like Sadnika's an example of like we never really knew we no, never found yeah. out I, I don't think he was I mean I thought. I, I was bounding that drum in the preseason saying you got to play him, you got to play him, and they didn't. And they gave him one game, and he kind of fell in his face, and that was the end of it. Um, but if they brought him up sooner, if he played when he was twenty-one, and like, yeah, and didn't they didn't they might have they might have had more of an answer, and they might have been able to move on from him sooner, maybe get more for him. Right. Well, that's been a problem for them is that they've always hung on to guys until their value is nil. You know, exactly. what I that's mean? what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah like like Heinen's example. Uh, he had what fifty points his first year, and then he's getting traded one for one for Nick Ritchie. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, Donato kind of got, you know, he had a good start, and then he got seven minutes a night, and then he was down in Providence, and then I mean, he got you Charlie Coyle, so it's not the worst. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's definitely a point to that. I mean, we talked about it, I think, a few weeks ago. But the the greatest regret you can have about this year is that you didn't really find out a lot about younger players. Jacob Lalko is the only one. You know, Trent yeah. Frederick maybe, but you know, is Trent Frederick. This guy, I I don't know. Like yeah. I, I I don't know. Didn't learn much seventeen about, goals. Didn't learn much about Jeremy Swayman. I mean, right, right. Defense, you didn't really see anybody new. Jake Zaboro got in. banished. Um, but yeah. but no. And then you look at next year, right? Like next season, you're gonna probably have to bring up McLaughlin. You're gonna probably have to bring up one of Merkulov or Lysel and hope they're ready. Uh, bring up maybe low ride depending on what you do cap wise you know in terms of moving guys on the back end but like we we are no closer to learning anything about the first three four of those players like low ride we weren't gonna you know unless they were gonna burn a year which they should have done anyways so i'm not gonna kill them for that mm-hmm. but you know there was ample opportunity to get to get a Merkulov, to get a mclaughlin to get some of these guys more games especially down the stretch they clinched a playoff spot with like 20 something games left yeah. Why, well, like, why you couldn't bring one of these guys up and just find out, like, hey, we want to see this guy before we have to. Like, yeah, Brendan Bussey is a great example too. There's a possibility they have to trade one of the goalies this summer. There's a possibility. I'm not saying it's strong or you know weak. It's on the table. It's somewhere. on the table. It's somewhere on the table. Right. And we don't know if Brent, it's like buried we, under a bunch of shit, but it's somewhere there. Brendan Bussey did not get a single game down the stretch. Why? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> like that's just weird to me. I I oh I look at the yeah the end of that season final game in Montreal like they did not need to play everybody. He was the backup. Just play him. Just play him. Why not? You didn't play Swayman in the playoffs anyways until it was game seven. <laughs> so right. Well, it's not about keeping him fresh. Clearly. Right. And like like I'm saying like not we have no idea what Brandon Bussey is. They probably don't have much of an idea. But Brandon Bussey's like 25. He's 24, like, 25 they, years old. Do they expect like everybody to 
spend seven years down in the minors <laughs> and then and then like just hit the ground running at 25 and just be excellent right we out of the gate. Like, how often do we see NHL guys come up and they play when they're 19, 20, 21, 22, and it takes until year seven, eight before they really even figure Pavel Zaka is an example. Yeah. He's yeah. still only like 26 and we, like he's just now starting to become like a 50-point producer and like a guy who could you know do a lot of different things for you and like people will wonder for years what he is with the devils it's like maybe now he's starting to figure it out and like maybe the devils the devils might have made the wrong move to move on from him i know eric hall played kind of well for them down the stretch but i have a feeling they're going to be left with nothing out of that yeah probably whole equation so it's like yeah i mean that's the other side of it i guess where like they played him for how many years and they he never really broke through yeah um well, but at least have, they got something for him. You know? I, I think the strategy that you're talking about is uh, maybe don't have every prospect set the uh, franchise record for games played in Providence before they come up here. Like, Jesus just, Christ! Let them let them come up here and see if it see if it works. I think they're going to have to. But again, it would have been nice to see, see a glimpse of these guys before uh, you have that to is, know. Right? That's a that's a funny way to look at it. It's like if all the, all of a sudden they bring up these guys next year and they all emerge, it's like wow. Oh. They made they push all the right buttons playing these young kids. It's like, well, I don't know. It was sort of out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. sort of like saying like Vince, Vince McMahon was a genius for coming up with the attitude error. It's like I don't know. It was kind of close to going out of business. He kind of had to do it. <laughs> yeah, kind of had to. So kinda, I don't know if how genius you know, it really was. When you got was. the goon versus the Brooklyn Brawler for the championship and some <laughs> yeah. sort of dinosaur man, I really don't yeah. know if they if you have a lot of options. You get T.L. Hopper versus Duke the Dumpster Drosy. <laughs> You know, a ladder match for the May world he rest championship. In peace. I believe Duke passed. Oh, did he? He's think, no longer with us. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, God. Maybe. I don't know. I, I have no idea, to be honest. There was a famous jobber who. Uh, 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 <laughs> they're who, all dead. Who, who passed away? All the, the '90s. They're all dead now. Uh, no, Duke is still alive. He is still. Oh, no, thank he, God. He is still Duke with the us. Dumpster Drossy is still with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank the good Lord. He did lose his foot, though. Apparently, I googled. And the top result is YouTube. Duke the dumpster on losing his foot. Jesus, so, that happened to Kamala too. Diabetes. Kamala had uh, diabetes, lost his foot. Uh, I think he's no longer with us. Kamala's not with us, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I loved Kamala. Just the his just a character of characters. His fear of the Undertaker is one of the funniest things. Like, like, oh like, yeah, I know what you like, mean. Yeah, his facial expressions <laughs> yeah, and all that. He was, he was committed. He was committed to the character. That's what That's I mean. What they, you yeah. can say about Kamala. Yeah, I, his manager though scared me because he wore a mask and you couldn't see his face Kimchi. at all. Terrified me. Yeah, that I is, did not like that. Something with like no face or no eyes really or creepy. something. Those always look uh, weird. Like didn't the, like it. Like the aliens from the Alien movies. They have no eyes, so they look creepy. Yeah, did not care for that. Um. Yeah, uh, so with Don Sweeney. So Don Sweeney. <laughs> I, ju- I just think that, like, you know, the jury's out, but I think he deserves, the jury's out on the rebuild, right? But he deserves credit for this season because I think that he really did do a lot to put the Bruins in the best spot to win. Hmm. And that's why, you know, the, fa- the failures this year are at ice level. Coaching and yes. players. It was not in the front office. We were not sitting here. I'm very happy, by the way, that we weren't sitting here saying, if only they have, if only they had one more winger. If only they had one more defenseman. Yeah, like that right. wasn't the issue. The was issue not was an issue of the, the players guys. they have played like shit. That's what the issue was. They did not play up to their level. Right, yeah. right. But I mean, Jesus, you have a deadline where you bring in Orlov and Bertuzzi, and even Hathaway, who is considered one of the best fourth liners in hockey. Like you did your job, and then some, and you didn't say, "Well, we really can't lose this 29th overall pick." Like, no, you 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 made the right call. 
didn't work out, but you made the right call, and I think that was important. We talked about that in the summer, was no half measures. Don Sweeney went all in, and I, and I do think he de- deserves credit for that. It was not his fault that didn't work out. So it's nice to see him get some uh, credit for that because I, th- I think he did deserve it, honestly. Yeah, no, and I think there's a chance he actually wins it. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, to circle back to the Florida Panthers, looks like it's going to be Florida versus Vegas in the cup final. Yeah. Um, interesting question you posed to me. What would be worse for the Bruins if, if Florida won or Vegas won? I think it's it's by far worse if Vegas wins. You do. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago where it's like, yeah, if the Bruins lose to Florida but Florida wins the cup, hey, at least you lost to the eventual champion. Your counterpoint was, I think, like, yeah, but if the Bruins beat the Panthers, maybe they win the cup. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure of that. I don't I'm not I'm not sure yeah. that the Bruins get past Toronto and Carolina. I mean, I think I I'm feeling better and better the the more that the Panthers have played because it's like they went out and they embarrassed Toronto. They're embarrassing Carolina. Everybody is getting embarrassed by everyone's getting upended by this team right now. It's not it's not like they beat the Bruins and then oh and the, but then these other teams showed up. It's like the Panthers are clowning everybody right now. Yeah. And so like the more they play, the more I respect it, honestly. And like the more I respect the the move by Bill Zito to bring in Matt Kachuk, like that that could be the trade that wins in the cup. And like I I think it would be good for the league if well, I mean, we can debate like what's good and bad for the league. I think it would be good for the league if Florida won because people can look at it and say the people can owner can look to their GM and say, You need to go out and make this move. You need to go in and bring in a, a stud. Like Makachuk, and like that, I think is going to lead to an exciting offseason. It's going to lead to teams making bigger, bolder moves, which I don't think we really have enough of that in hockey. I think there's too much of this, like signing guys to eight year deals, and like that's it, and guys never get traded or move or anywhere, anything like that. I think it's more exciting if we have player movement like that. And I just think it's exciting to, that, like, it sucks that it wasn't the Bruins, obviously. I wanted the Bruins to, to go a lot deeper than they did, if not win the whole thing. But I think it's good to know that like anybody can get in and win. Teams teams can know that like we need to we need to try to get to the playoffs. We shouldn't tank, you know. Yeah. Well, we just need depth, and you know, and maybe and maybe go out and get ourselves a superstar like Matt Kachuk, make an aggressive move like that. And so I think there's there's more good than bad reasons for if the Panthers won. Yeah. No, I can definitely see that. I, I do think though that it would be like to your you know you mentioned it to me like. I think I think it would be confirmation that the Bruins would have done it, and I think that's what kind of sucks about them winning. Like I think that that's what would probably be worse about it, you know, from the Bruins' point of view, is because that Toronto team it was the same old shit that they, that they, derailed them, and then Carolina Bruins would be Toronto probably, but Carolina I'm not so sure. Well, but let's let's talk about Carolina missing Svechnikov, right? Yeah. Let's talk about Carolina missing Pacioretty. You're seeing their scoring issues. And the Bruins were one of the better defensive teams. And I know that they weren't in the first round. But is there that feeling that if you get out of the first round, you buckle it down and you go, we are not playing the way we need to be playing right now. We are going to buckle this down, right? Like Because that was they were, an adjust, they were an adjustment team all year long. And then, you know, right or wrong, I am putting a lot of stock in that late-season victory in Carolina that you did without Marsh and without Bergeron, without Hampus Lindholm. Like, and you won that game. Like, like I... So I think you would have gotten by Carolina. Um, the Vegas thing is interesting, though, because the Vegas thing, it's Bruce Cassidy. Not sure they would have beaten Vegas. Yeah, well, is Aiden Hill the goalie? Because I don't know. Like that, that, like that's, I, that. We've been saying, we, we say this every year. Like, well, I mean, 
Dante Ronto, what are you going to do? I mean, it's all it's Alex Lyon. It's Sergey Bobrovsky. They, right. they keep losing uh, to these well, mediocre goals. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about how Bob is earning his $70 million on this oh, yeah. run alone. I keep looking like games have you that seen I have. Have his advanced metrics? I haven't, no, I've seen they the basics. They are insane. I was, gonna, I was just about to say, I've seen the basic stats. For like games I've missed, I look at the box score and it's like. Wait a minute! You stopped thirty-six of thirty-seven. Like his, they're getting the legit Bobrovsky back. I didn't see what it was after game three, which it was a win and a shutout. Uh, entering game three, though, he was at like eleven goals saved above average. I was like, "Holy shit!" You guys, this guy didn't play till game five or game four, whatever, whatever it was. Like I was like, "This is wild." So he's yeah, he's found the, the found the youth. He's, right, he's, he's, he's found turn back the clock. But um, with Vegas, though, it's interesting because not only is it Cassidy. It's also two white whales. It is Jack Eichel, who the Bruins wanted, but Buffalo wouldn't deal him to Boston. They would, that was never going to happen. But but it was it was something the Bruins were really interested in back when it was first coming out. And it's Mark Stone, who's like my ultimate white whale. That if the Bruins got him, they would in 2019, and they're they're con- still contending today. Krejci mm. never leaves. He's like, I got Mark Stone. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll work with that. That's fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'll yeah. stay here. Like. And so that's what's interesting about Vegas, right? If you're saying that Vegas is worse. Also, Vegas is like Bruins West. It's kind of like how the Raiders are like Bruins or Patriots West. Yeah, yeah. Vegas has uh, not only Bruce Cassidy, uh, not only do they have Riley Smith, not only do they have Phil Kessel, uh, they also have uh, Dave Gosher on play-by-play, <laughs> Shane Knighty as the color commentator, uh, the their, sheriff. Their chief marketing officer. I believe it's chief marketing officer. I might have his title wrong. And if so, Eric, I'm very sorry. Eric Tosi, who used to work for the Bruins oh, for a long time, yeah. Beverly native, yeah. awesome dude, unbelievable guy, love him to pieces. He's like he's a big he's a big guy there in their PR department. Like it's crazy. Organization they are Bruins West, top to bottom. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So so um, you know, it, I, I think that honestly, what's really funny about Vegas to me is like they went from being the golden misfits to like the all-star collectors. Like they have all these all-stars now in their roster. Yeah, now they're stacked. Right. So, but I think for, I just, for me, I think Florida would be more painful because it was like, you can take solace and all we got beat by the eventual champions. But I got a feeling that if you hold on in game seven, you are the eventual champions. Like, and that's what sucks about that, right? Like that's what really stings about that path. Yeah, I know. It's just the Bruins didn't play their, their, I know they did. They weren't like, bad in the series but they didn't play their best yeah i know and Mm -hmm. i'm just the way their defense is playing if that continued against toronto i mean i think they would have beaten toronto i would have picked them against toronto yeah but i don't know the way that defense is playing against going up against the toronto firepower have you seen any of uh have you been watching vegas all in the playoffs i haven't seen a lot of the, the western stuff it's been mostly east it's been crazy to watch the way that they are utilizing jack eichel uh, his defensive game is phenomenal. I, I didn't know he had this in him. I didn't know he had this in him. Where, where he is just no, defensively, he's, he's been he's been a beast. And I was I didn't know how really he impressive. was really playing for them at all. Yeah. So he's you think he's evolving his game? I think so. And it might help that his coach is a guy who coached Trees Bergeron for yeah. you know six years. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like because he's been help. like he's been taking steps back the last few years. Where like he's sort of he's fallen off that trajectory of becoming like a superstar. Yeah, Which you I mean, know his, he was neck, getting his neck injury had a lot to do with that, I think. Yeah. And being trapped in the Buffalo mud had a lot mm. to do with that, where that's just one of those cities where it feels like guys leave and they get better. Um, <laughs> that kind of might be changing, though, with Darlene and Owen Power and Tage Thompson. But 
Um, I, I didn't know that Jack, Jack Eichel had this had this kind of two way game. I, I didn't know it, and, and it's been really impressive. I feel like I've noticed him defensively more than I have offensively. If that makes sense. Oh, and, that's good to um, know. That's good to hear. That's why I think Vegas might be the might be the favorites now. But it's really, you, you know, what's interesting though. Vegas wins, Matt, and, and, and Vegas should be the favorite because they, they were should. the higher seed. They've been in the like conference final and final. You know, yeah. Florida came out of nowhere. Well. I'll bet Florida probably. By the way, breaking news: Jamie Ben got suspended for two games, uh, so he's out for game four. Oh really? Uh, so, but um, I saw someone sent me a random message like that was a dumb play by Jamie Ben. And I was like, yeah. I, I don't know, I didn't see it. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. A cro- he cross checked uh, someone in the head. Um, well, they're down three zero anyway. But so. what's interesting though, if Vegas were to win, if you have Aiden Hill win the Stanley Cup. That's now two years in a row that a guy who is not considered an ace won a Stanley Cup. Darcy Kemper being the other one, right? Like, so does that now hit your franchise kind of what your cornerstone is? Where you're like, we have two great goaltenders. Well, do you need two great goaltenders? Or should no. you trade? Yeah, like, so, like, that's the other part of it. Whereas I think if the Panthers win, you know, their $10 million goalie wins it, and you're like, okay, there's still value in having an ace in that, right? Like, But he's so, more like, I, yeah, they pay. Borowski like an ace, the Panthers. But he played like it too, though. By this year, though, by the standards, of the, but this year, like he sort of came out of nowhere, right? He yeah. is sort of like a guy who's you know elevated himself. He got hot, man. Like, and I always come back to what Marshan said: they were getting saves that they weren't getting in the regular season. It's so true. It's so true. Like, you know, you look at his regular season stats in this goals saved above uh, average stat. He was like minus four, minus four and a half. He's plus eleven in the playoffs. I mean, that's fifteen. That's fifteen goals against. It makes mm. a difference over the course of a you know three series wins. It makes a difference clearly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's what he was in twenty nineteen with the Blue Jackets when he was unbelievable. Um, but it, it would almost serve as confirmation that no, you still need elite goaltending in this league to win. I don't know if if Aiden Hill wins. I don't. I don't know if you really need elite goaltending. No, I would all. I would say, yeah. I mean, I feel like you need goaltending to play well, but you don't necessarily need to invest in like an elite guy. Yeah, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it's almost like it's the same as the like Bruins a court- as a team with two uh, seemingly uh, a good to elite guys. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the same as almost like a quarterback in football, where it's like people will argue you have to have that elite guy, or it's like I don't. Maybe you just need a guy to play well at the right time, like. Like uh, the Ravens with Joe Flacco that one year where he played like an, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Right. You know, he played well enough for one year. You want the elite guy to be with a Super Bowl contender year in, year out. Like the Patriots were with Tom Brady. But like to actually win, even just, just to win one championship, you need certain guys in certain positions to play well. But, I mean, I don't think you necessarily need the elite guy. The goal, goaltender, like I've been talking about it for a month now about how much of a crapshoot. Oh, the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah, are goaltending in general is a, a crapshoot. I'm just saying that'd be a bad development for the Bruins is if if you know if you go back to Bennington in 2019, Kemper last year, and then you know Aiden Hill or or Brassant this year, like like so three out of the last five Cup winning goaltenders are just guys. Like that's yeah. that's that's bad news for the Bruins. I would I would imagine in terms of like their so. team construct. Yeah, but but at the same time, like all marks only here a couple more years at the most probably. Swayman, they're they're. I'm sure they'll re-sign him, but he's not going to be making big money yet. Like, you know, not I don't know, yet. man. I don't know. Like, that's one that's hard. That's hard to, to nail down because, you know, Ottinger got 4.5. I think 
Spencer Knight got four. Like, well, that's not big money. Com- but yeah, but now it's nine million on the position. Like that's. Oh yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. They're talking like, this like, year, next year. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so that's what's kind of interesting about that. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, like you, if you're, if your comfort is saying we have two great goaltenders, but the Cup winners keep having just a guy, it's like, oh, that doesn't really mean a lot. I don't think right. based on history right now. Yeah, I mean, don't get, I mean, don't purposely like go out of your way to to throw garbage and all in right net. scott darlin and craig anderson Seriously. come on down baby you're this, retired no you're not you're playing this is uh, what is it he's plays for the new england free jacks yeah what? no I, um, I can't even bobby skate. McN- what are you doing? mcmuffin come what's, on down what's the meaning of this they're just <laughs> pulling him off the rugby field in his uniform he has the ball in his hand it's like well, i don't want it i don't want to do this <laughs> you're a goalie now you're in there get in there you're in there uh yeah i don't know i i just i think far would sting worse I, I I just do. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Sting worse than Bruce in Vegas? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, because I I I don't know. I think Bruce's time was probably. I think so. We recorded last week, right? And it was funny because allegedly we were talking about Bruce, right? We were talking about we were talking a little bit about Bruce and about you know the feelings and the and the messaging and how the players felt. I got a little pushback on that. From people being like, no, he was oh. he was pretty, he had issues, yeah, but it wasn't like this mutiny against him. So, I'm really curious to know what it was that was like the driving force behind it. Right. But, so it's not entirely accurate to be like the Bruins got their coach fired. They and they, right. they led a movement to right to get Cassidy, get rid of Cassidy. Someone said to me, they go, uh, you know that Cre- like keep in mind, Krejci tried coming back. Late in the year last year, but it didn't work logistically, right? That Bergeron said, I was coming back no matter who the coach was. Like, because he's still a good player. That's why he wants to keep on playing. So, like, there's two things right there that got kind of debunked, right? Like, right, so, yeah. so what was it? Was it Frederick and, and, and Carlo and DeBrosque? Like, it's, the, the, it's just, a, it's they a had really... to feel like they weren't getting enough right. out of their younger guys. Right, but I would also make note that Bruce Cassidy was the one who put Jake DeBrusque up there with Bergeron and Marchand, yeah. brought him to life in the second half of the season. Uh, Carlo's usage was still what it was. Um, you know, I, I like Frederick, yeah, but guess what? Jim Montgomery scra- scratched Trent Frederick in the playoffs too. You know what I mean? Like, like So yeah, he brought him out for 17 goals this year, and that's great, but ultimately in the playoffs, he made the same call that Cassidy made a year ago where he sat him. He sat him for multiple games, and he said it was a gut feeling. Okay, I guess. But, like, so I think it's interesting that, you know, I, I said that last week, and then I got I kind of got some pushback from people who would know, basically saying uh, it's not quite, you know, mutiny. It's not mutiny it on the coach. It wasn't as serious, but, like, but it was such a surprising move at the time. It was. So you almost was. feel like there had to be some sort of unexpected drama or whatever involved. Yeah. It's really yeah. It's one of those stories, man. That I I wish that we can get the full scope of in terms of like I just think that guys aren't gonna go out and bury the coach. It's just it's not like the NBA or the NFL or even baseball where guys are pretty outspoken about things like that. Yeah. Like NHL, they can't. Let's just John Tortorella. Yeah. Well, I had I had um I had a thing last year where like I I kind of defended Cassidy on Twitter and I got a tweet from someone being like you don't know what you're talking about and it was like a burner. It was an obvious burner. I said, come off the burner, give me a call, and I'll write the story. Mm. And they were like, I'm not doing your job for you. And I was like, <laughs> again, get off the burner, 
get in touch with me. My number is very easy to find if you're a player or someone on the team or a staff member and talk to me. Let me know. But but no. that account no longer exists, and I can't I can't write that story. No. It's just weird. <laughs> Don't say those things. All right, tell me what to say. No. Yeah, I thought that was so. Okay. I, I, I was like, this is obviously a burner. This is obviously a burner. But you got beat up at the bus stop as a child. <laughs> All right, John, take it easy. Yeah, players love Tortorella. That's a, that's the thing, man. Players love Tortorella. The only guy who didn't is open about it is Tony D'Angelo. My counterpoint: Tony D'Angelo is a piece of shit. So there's that. Well, that's probably that's <laughs> so, probably a little bit of a clash of uh, it's like a double negative. It's a you clash got two of shit, of there. shit going against each other. <laughs> yeah, just two, makes a bigger piece of shit. Two absolute complete a <laughs> holes going nose to nose is not yeah. going to turn out well for either of them. Neither one of them are going to come out of that happy. Well, let me let me weigh it this way: Tortorella has a charity where they rescues dogs. Tony D'Angelo is a piece of shit. So I'm going <laughs> to take Tony. I'm going to take D'Angelo. John Tortorella's side. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo will probably do the opposite with with, with a dog. Yeah, he, he strikes me as a dog uh, abuser. He like called a slur. Like, what's wrong with you? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm making stuff up. I don't want to be accused of uh, saying anything. False. No, no, it's okay. Like, I I'm okay saying what I say about Tony D'Angelo because I think he's a bad person. Yeah, I think it's most that whole people... Brad Marchand thing. He's a racist. No, he is. <laughs> like, that's yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I don't think uh, you're not going to find much sympathy for uh, his video of his dad being Tony D his, out there. His dad being like, "Yeah, we all said it." That's not a defense, no. my guy. Yeah, does that make it uh, right? Yeah, does that so, make it okay? That's that's. Those are my feelings on the matter. All right, those are our feelings on the matter. Those are our feelings on hockey. Do you want to get some Celtics takes in before yeah, we get out of here? All right, we're still going to do the big three, but uh, you know we're getting pretty deep in here. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what what your whole takeaway is on the the Celtics uh, season last two series because we haven't talked much about it. I mean, we're not we're not big hoops guys, but it's the only team in town that's playing anything of significance right now. I don't count the Red Sox in May being significant games. I don't count the Red Sox um, being significant. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, maybe it'll be significant down the road, but not right now. No. Um, last week we got into it a little bit. I don't, we didn't really like set aside a lot of time to talk about, but like, I want to tell you, you would have been proud of me, Ty. I never finished this thought. You would have been proud of me because people came at me over my, my Jason Tatum call, which was pretty critical of him. And I didn't respond to any of it. I didn't respond to any one person. I think the old me would have would have started quote tweeting and replying, and be like, thinking it's going to work for me. But by the end of the day, I, I just feel like an a-hole. By the end of the day, it's like everybody feels like a piece of shit, and it's like, why did I even do any of this? I said, I'm not even not going to respond to any of it. And it was tempting. It was tempting. I had Sean Grandy coming at me. Yeah, that was weird. I had Ian Brown from the Red Sox guy. Were you asleep for, for game six against Milwaukee last year? It's like, well, were you guys all collectively asleep for the finals last year? <laughs> what is what is going on? And I think, uh, I think I've been proven correct. I, think, I, I don't Maybe. think this team is any different from what they were. Maybe this this if they come back to win four straight against the Heat, that might actually that might actually change things. Yeah. Um, but t- t- I'm not going to change my view on Jason Tatum until he wins a ring. He's got a he's too passive for my liking. I feel like there's not enough of him just like taking the reins and taking over games, saying like I got this. This is my time. And like he did it, he did it in that game the other night against the Heat, where it's like. Uh, I'm talking about game four against the Heat now, or like they were down nine points in the third quarter. He hits two straight threes, and, they're, and then they're off and running. And so 
I, I feel like he doesn't spark them often enough. He doesn't do it until uh, we're going to be wondering if that was too little too late now because I don't think the Celtics are going to win four in a row. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting now. I think they made an interesting winning game four to be like, well, you know, you put everything else behind you. They can win three in a row. They could have coming back from three one is doable. Yeah, for if sure. you put a, you just forget everything that happened before. But realistically, I don't. I think the Heat are gonna. They're gonna. They're, the Heat are gonna punch back. They're not gonna lay down. They're not gonna just let the Celtics run them over. And so, mm-hmm. I think the Heat are gonna find a way to compete and win one of these games coming up. Could be Game Five in Boston. But I think Tatum is is too passive for my liking. And I think if if and when the Celtics lose, like I'm not saying get rid of Tatum, but I'm saying they might. Speaking of DNA change, they might need to shuffle things around a little bit there. I think Tatum needs Tatum needs a a Kevin Garnett. He needs the Kevin Garnett to his Paul Pierce. Yeah, I that's mean, gonna be my Jesus, big overarching I, I, take going into the offseason. I would say they need a PJ Tucker. They don't need a Kevin Garnett. You need a PJ Tucker who's gonna rattle the cage and be like, "Let's go!" Like I like, feel like they tried that with, with uh, when they signed like Tristan Thompson. Yeah, he was a disaster. Well, he just also sucked. Like he sucked, like, and he didn't bring enough of that. So off court, I, I do think that you know what what is maddening about the Celtics experience is that you know to to your detractors like the guys who are rallying against you is you saw it in game seven 51 points right you saw it in game four that second half he was awesome right. he was driving he was aggressive he was playing at both ends he was awesome and you're like why can't you get that every night yeah. you understand that you can't get it every night just based on no but like analytics you, and all that but, but you like get the effort and the aggression and the initiative and it just feels like he's if just you get that though, standing around five, a lot too and you get that in game six, you could you could pull off this comeback. And, yeah. But that's sort of the thing. Can he do that three times in a row, right? Like, I do think that there's a, a, a chance. I'm not going to put it at 50%. I'm not going to put it at 25%. No, they have there's a, best, a chance they could pull this off. They have the best chance probably of anybody who's ever been down 3-0 because it's yes. usually the other way around. It's usually the favored team just dominating the worst team. Mm-hmm. But now it's like the more talented team didn't show up for the first three games. Well, they showed up for the first two, I guess, but they didn't show up for game three at all. And I, I'm okay with them. I'm okay with them playing defense, taking some fouls. Like I, I get it; it's frustrating to give give up free throws, but I don't know, man. Like it feels like that's you got to kind of almost you got to go Pistons on Jordan when it comes to Butler and just be like, make it hard, make it make it hell on earth yeah. trying to get to the hoop. You know what I mean? Like like and. It, but it, I just I don't know that Joe Missoula has that in him. I he barely that, even thinks about defense. So. I thought it was interesting that, that he just goes just ball pressure. Yeah, just go pressure the ball. That's I all. He, that's last all he's got. Night, for last defense. night was the closest you got to the Doka Celtics, where defense was it was smothering. It was all over them. Um, so if you can get that in Game Five, you win Game Five. Get that in Game Six. Like you got to keep in mind too, Matt, that. This is not a great shooting team, the Heat team. They're not a great shooting team. Like so, right? They've been shockingly efficient, right? In, in this year, it's like I think that sort of that might have dried up for him finally in Game Four. Analytics that tell third, you that third it's quarter, flip. right? So if you play some defense and the natural regression, right, like kind of happens, and your natural you know progression for you after shooting so poorly the first three games of the series, like you may have the makings here of a comeback. But it all comes back to not reading your clippings and thinking one win means everything is fine in the world. And I think that's been a big thing is that this team will often oh God, have one, one quarter. They go up 10 yeah. points in the third quarter. And that's well, that's it. We don't have to try anymore. And then the yeah. other team comes back. So that's been their biggest problem. They could come back in games. You know, they've shown yeah. they've been resilient. 
they've been good in like back against the wall situations, which is why it's another reason why I give them a chance, small chance to make this comeback. They, they for some reason they play their worst when they go up. They go up and they blow leads. That's been the right. biggest problem. I don't. It's weird, but I think it it does go back to Tatum sort of being a little front runnery and being a little, you know, he's comfortable when when uh, when he goes up big or when he's down big. And but when he has to sit on a lead, I feel like that's when for some reason they lose focus. And I don't know. I think the the DNA, the whole DNA thing, I think might be Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart is a guy where it's like you you want to have a guy that plays like that on your team, but you don't want that guy to think he's part of a big three. Speaking of the sports of undergrad, you don't want to have a, that guy thinking he's a star. I think Marcus Smart has always thought he's better than he really is. I feel like the team sort of treats him that way. They sort of walk on eggshells around him. That, that's just been my whole read on the, the situation, where if he sort of – accepted that he was more of he's more of an energy role player defense guy three and d guy if you want if you want to go that far i think he thinks he thinks he's a top point guard in the league and i feel like i think that's sort of been enabled and i think if they could if they could move him out for maybe a similar player who plays a similar style but attitude wise he sort of embraces what he is which is not a star which i think which he sort of got that with malcolm brogdon this year Brogdon, I think that was a big factor in their their success with with point guard play this year. Is that Brogdon accepted that role? You know, if, if he wasn't accepting of a, a six man role, and you had him and and, and Marcus Smart clashing over minutes and all that stuff, that would have been that probably would have been a big problem for them. But I think if they could get a guy like who plays like Smart, but doesn't have that this attitude that he's better than he really is, I think would I think that would be good for him. I'm watching. I, I'm I'm listening. What's going on out in the hallway? There is an elevator that is broken, and it's 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 consumed my my interest. For some reason, it's filled with blood. What's going on? It it just keeps opening. It just, it just keeps, keeps opening. opening and closing. It's not leaving the floor. It just keeps opening. These matures out there going. Ah, yeah, that's what it feels like. Ah. But I just keep watching it. No, I I but I think that like, I think that. For the Celtics to be the Celtics, they need what Marcus Smart brings. They need what Grant Williams brings. And last night was the first night that you kind of saw that, right? Like, yeah, but no, that's what I'm saying is like you need that on the court. Yeah, but you can't have that guy thinking he's yeah, anything special because like, then you sort of get in the way. You sort of yeah. thinking like you don't want Marcus Smart thinking he he should be the guy taking the shot at the end of the game, which yeah. is, I think part of the problem is that Mark says no, 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 you kick it out to me, I'll make that shot. Well, I think the problem is that uh, you. <laughs> Well, A, you don't want to be in that situation. The Celtics should never be in a situation, this team, against the Heat, where they need to make a last-second game-winning shot. Like, that, <laughs> like that. so that's why I'm saying, like, I don't... If that happens against, you know, but the that Heat or the Nuggets, sometime. and that's why they lose, but like, that sure. happens. But that happens when you're playing for... When you want to win a championship. You gotta, you're going to be in that situation at yeah. some point. Yeah, you're I, not going to blow them out every game. This door is still broken. This is blowing my mind. We're right going right. to have to investigate this uh, matter. Yeah, I know. I, I'm now. I'm afraid there's like a tie. I'm dead over here. Body in there. Um, I'm over here. God damn it. No, but <laughs> I don't know. Like I like I want the Celtics to be what Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, Grant Williams brings. I, I like. I'm I'm a big believer in that winning. Like and, yeah. and so no, I get it. I think last night, but I think last night everyone bought into their role. I don't think anyone was like trying to be the hero. I think the people, the guy who was the hero, was who you needed to be the hero, Jason Tatum. So I think that's probably that's why the Adoka year. 
was probably why they looked so great in that second half of the season is, is because everybody fell in line. Yeah. Marcus yeah, Smart I, was probably a part of that. Yeah. But I, now I, I think this Missoula year, everything's sort of like the old problems that you even saw back in, when they had Kyrie Irving here. Those have sort of bubbled back to the surface. I feel like I don't Udoka think Marcus did a- Smart is a problem, though. Like personally, I I, I just don't I don't mm-hmm. think that he is. Like, and I thought he had a great quote yesterday when he was talking. They were talking about Ime and that report that they never got over. That he said doesn't matter. It's us on the floor. He's like we have to take ownership. Doesn't at a certain point we have to look inwards. And I was like, that's good. You need that. You need a guy saying that. Like, and so I I take value. But he in that. also, but he probably has this in the back of his mind. It's like I'm going to be the one to turn this around. Where he really should just be like, I just want to do my part and help the team win. That's that's yeah. where I would have an issue. I mean, I, I yeah, but I'm just I don't know if after game four is when I'm gonna have that take. If that makes sense, like uh, I mean, I'm not even I'm yeah. not even basing it on game four. Like, I'm just there saying are times I'm, where... I'm basing it on the fact that I think the Celtics are gonna lose the series and like them talking big picture here, not yeah, not reacting to game four. Yeah, no, I just think like, but there are times though where like him taking that approach does work out. Like he, I think was was it in and the that, bubble? Step, I mean, that's sort of where the problem comes up, where yeah. it's like now he starts to think he's, I'm yeah. gonna do this every game. I'm gonna start chucking it up. I mean, it's different, but it's for me, it's different than than. Peyton maybe Richard the problem deciding that. Like, well, yeah, but the problem isn't so much Marcus Smart, but maybe the fact that Jason Tatum might let him get to that point. Yeah. Or if Tatum looks at Marcus Smart and says, dude, just play your defense, hit your open shots when I kick it out to you. But other than that, don't I'll give me the ball at the end. Mm-hmm. I want the ball. I will score. We will win. I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> my, I guess I can't say this on a podcast. On radio. My friend has a term where uh, he needs to, the, the guy needs to carry the team on his, you know, on his appendage. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we we say it in a more crass uh, way. Tatum needs to do more carrying the team on his uh, member. Yeah, he, I think that's also on Tatum, though. As much as that's on, what I'm saying. That's on. Yeah. It's mainly on Tatum. I mean, he's the one who did it. He had uh, two turnovers and two travels in like a yeah. ninety-second stretch in game one. That, See, why, I can't put that on Marcus Smart as much as I, as much as you know or anyone else. Like, that's on him. Look, so. I'm not trying to turn this into it's all Marcus Smart's fault. I feel like yeah. that's more of a DNA identity thing. But I'm the Celtics team, they're not going like to win Marcus a title. Smart. I want guys like that's. I mean, I guess we're just sort of talking in circles. Yeah. It's not that I don't want a guy like Marcus Smart in the team. Uh-huh. It's I don't want that guy thinking he is going to be the end all be all. He's going to be the reason they win or lose. Mm-hmm. I need Jason Tatum to be that guy and to understand that and embrace that. And embrace that challenge every single night, but it feels like there's too too many times where it feels like he's taking the night off, where it's like he doesn't want to have that role, and so you might you might have a guy like Marcus Smart feeling like he needs to fill that void, mm-hmm. and that's why you get to that point. Yeah, and I so think, like I think we I think we're also glossing over the biggest problem right now with the holder in. Oh boy, it's J- it's Jalen Brown who hasn't played well since. Oh, the biggest problem with this. Particular series, yes. Brown He's averaging has sixteen points a game since being named to the NBA all all second Right. Team. What the hell's going on there? I thought I wanted him to be the. T- I thought he could be the Kevin Garnett to, to uh, Tatum's Paul Pierce. Yeah, but, but when he, I don't know. When I don't he know attacks, what his when he attacks is. the rim, he's at his most effective. You saw more of that in the second half of Game Four. If he can keep doing that, I mean, he's the guy you're waiting to explode. If he explodes. They're going to be in good shape. It's just you're, it was even, you're it was, waiting on that. I mean, even like Al Horford the other night, it's like all of a sudden, oh, oh the guys start hitting shots and they actually, you know, they win the game. And yeah. Lo and behold. Yeah, exactly. All the Celtics need to do is, you know, play to their capabilities. Yeah, and, and I, beat think, this I, team. Think, I, I think that there's a legit chance they get there. So I, I if they win game five, 
uh, it'll be really interesting. But you know, I I do think that I'm not writing them dead and, and buried. And I'll tell you what, right now, if I can, I'm signing both the Jays to those supermax contracts this summer. I don't mm-hmm. care. I it, you gotta you need stars to win in this league, and I think that you know they're. <laughs> You got to do it. I think you got to do it. I, I, so that's that's the interesting decision that, that is ahead. But I do think if you play with the defensive intensity that you played with in Game Four, you can come back and win this series because the natural, you know, culmination of everything is going to be really, I think, sort of, uh, you know, bodes well for your team. It works in your favor. Yeah. Everything, analytics, raw data, uh, trends. Every you know, just I, I think that all works in your favor. So I want to see a similar defensive effort, and maybe that's why I'm in such strong defense of Marcus Smart and Grant Williams right now because I think that it, you need those guys to, to have those kind of games uh, moving forward. So I don't want them to kind of peel back on that. I want them to keep going and see what happens. Yeah, I'm just I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's ever gonna work out the way we want with this particular core, and it's why door I'm still broken. I'm not <laughs> the door is still the, the door needs to get its get its shit together. Stop distracting us here because we're 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 in the home stretch. Excuse me, we're in the home stretch here of of the podcast. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I just my whole point with Tatum is that I was making in that a column that that ruffled so many feathers is that. He hasn't really figured it out. Like, yes, a lot of guys are capable of having one big game. A lot of guys are capable of sprinkling a, a, a big game every now and then. We need ta- we need that Tatum every single game. And I'm not saying he needs to score 50 points every game, but we need to have that level of intensity and initiative and control and taking over games, taking over series. That's why I said LeBron James is the co- in 2012 is the comparison I make. LeBron James, the 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 switch turned on the light bulb went on the fire went up whatever however you want to describe it he obliterated the celtics in that game six they came back they won that the conference final and then he, they beat the i forget who they played in the finals that year but they won in five games i believe mm. they won fairly easily and then everyone said oh god now lebron has arrived you know and LeBron, you know, he never he never had the Jordan Kobe level of intensity where it's like he probably win the championship every year if he had that level of competitive compete level. So, you know, four championships you could argue was an underachievement for LeBron James because he was that great of a player. Um, so I mean, I don't know. We I would like to see Tatum win one championship before we start to get into that sort of debate with him, but well, until until I, that switch goes off and we start to see that the 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 game seven against the game six against Milwaukee, the game seven against Philly, this this year we need to see that more consistently, and, and until we really know what he's capable of. And like this is what I say to these people: Do you understand what Jason Tatum is capable of accomplishing here? The mm-hmm. his level of talent, he is capable of being one of the absolute all time greats. And I like I had, the, the, but you had to win championships for that multiple. And I have people like one of the guys was like, "Well, I guess I guess this is the narrative until he wins a championship. I guess he's going to win a championship, or else this is how we're." Gonna... Yeah, that's how it works. That's what we're in this for, right? Or is is it really like I don't I I don't want to sound like an old now. I'm yelling at a cloud. Is it like a young generation thing where it's like they don't care as much about the championships? It's all luck. It's all no, whatever I happens think, happens. I, I think there's a they natural... care, do, like what do you care? Do you care about just having the most talented player, or like just having? the most fun to watch team like what is what do people value if they don't value championships i think there's an element though of everyone's being really protective of these guys because they don't want to push them away and so i get <laughs> well, it i feel the same way because 
Boston is not a super sexy city for superstars. It's just not. I wonder. I do wonder. I do wonder if like it's just not said enough because they don't want to. They don't want to upset the apple cart, but guys don't want to be here because (laughs) we're annoying. The fans can get annoying. The, the weather's weather bad. The like, it's, bad. It's a lot of intensity and a lot of bad things to deal with. Right. It's why, a lot why easier. Why be here when you go to Phoenix? It's a lot it's easier to live in Phoenix or Florida or whatever. You yeah. Know, the weather's better. And so. Not as much media scrutiny. Not as much fan intensity. Well, you know, you brought up LeBron, right? And, and I just want to mention this real quick. You know, LeBron's team was in a similar situation as Jason Tatum and the Celtics last night. And this is not taken away from LeBron James, who is the most accomplished player of this generation. He has the game on the line, right? Or not, it was the final minute of play. He's matched up one-on-one with Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic has five fouls. It's one-on-one, LeBron James and him. LeBron James passed it to Dennis Schroeder instead of driving to the back. Like, Jokic isn't exactly known for his defense. Either. Right. And at the very worst, you foul him, and now it's a tie game, and now he's fouled out. Or, or you know, you get him to commit a foul, and yeah. now he's done for the night. Right? So it's like even... And they're not going to call an offensive foul on LeBron James in that moment. Right. You know, so. so even the most accomplished superstars in that sport have these moments where they say, I want to get other guys involved. Or I like their brain shuts off or that, you know, whatever. But... That's why I'm saying that if you get more of that game for Tatum, the Celtics have a chance, and then I think everyone else, to your point, falls in line because they're like, we're going to follow our leader here. He's playing well. Now we're yeah. all feeling much better about our game. Well, I think you, you, see, go from there. you saw it on that run. Like Tatum right. hits a couple threes. Now all of a sudden, nobody misses. and Everybody's right. hitting shots. Yeah, Marcus Smart uh, had a great finish. He also had a great dish, I believe. Uh, no, I think it was Jalen had this dish too. No, maybe it was Smart, actually, mm-hmm. on the, uh, the Robert Williams slam. Uh, yes, I, 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 I think it was a three on. It was a two on two between Smart and Jalen, and one of them dropped it off to Williams, who who banked it home. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's just something that I think is is interesting. We all say we want that Tatum to have that LeBron moment. Well, twenty twenty three LeBron did not was, do something that twenty twenty three Tatum did last night. I think that's kind of funny. I think it was only me that said that. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Uh, no, you're game not. Game six in Milwaukee alone. is that's it. His whole career narrative is set. No, you're not alone. I think you know. I think that the frustration is there in terms of like, why can't you get that every night, right? But if you get it, the Celtics will will come back in the series. I firmly believe that. So that's something worth watching between uh, now and Thursday night. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. Sure is. You want to do the big three time? Yeah. All right. We don't have much time left here. I don't know if they're. I don't think they even like do the off air show. I anymore. have no idea. I don't know what's going on. I mean, on there. I think the dude who was in charge of it, the dude, he quit. Yes, so. I don't. The guy that was that was doing it is not doing it. So maybe maybe it's on hiatus until we get a. It new doesn't person. have a sponsor, so like I think that's a big reason why too. <laughs> what? It, it did have a sponsor. Now it doesn't. A lot of stuff they need to get to. That's right. not being gotten to. Felger yeah. doesn't have shoes on today. No, that's not true. He's wearing shoes. He's wearing a nice sweater and some weird, uh, some nice uh, white Nikes. It looked like. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna do, we're gonna keep it to sports for the big three this week, folks. We're gonna do the in light of the Florida Panthers maybe winning the Stanley Cup and the eight seed Miami Heat maybe winning the NBA championship. Uh, span of a few weeks, we're gonna do the big three worst teams that won the championship. Now, I am gonna try to keep it New England related here. So, no, oh, okay. Fair warning: there's gonna be some disappointment ahead for right. uh, some Boston fans. I have no up Boston bad teams memories. on mine. Um, I'll let you start us off, though. All right. Uh, number one for me might be on your list, actually. The 2011 New York Giants. This team was ah. bad. This was not a good team. They were 10-6 and six during the regular season. They had a terrible rushing game between Jacobs and I think it was Ahmad Bradshaw. These guys averaged like 80 yards a game combined. Plotting. rushing. And their defense, by the way, bottom 10 in the league in the regular season. But they had the perfect game plan against Tom Brady and the Patriots, and they won that game. And it will always annoy me forever because I was like, great. This is revenge for the for the perfect season that they ruined. And guess what? The Giants won the game. That is the worst team I've ever seen win a championship, 2011 Giants. And they just outplayed the Patriots pretty yeah. much throughout that game. It was awful. They were was... better prepared on both sides of the ball. Dude, it hit the point where I was celebrating an Ocho Cinco catch because I was like, he has a catch. That's amazing. He yeah. hasn't had one of those all year. This is great. This is a good sign. This is a good sign for the Patriots. Yeah. It's terrible. That was, yeah, that was a weird time in Brady's career where we wondered how great is he really. Mm-hmm. What? How great is he in these big games? Because he st- felt like he sort of shrunk in those two Super Bowls against, yeah, uh, the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, both of those Super Bowls were f- nightmares. Um, no nightmares. So I'll go with the 2007 Giants for my first pick. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't. The Giants that they came out of nowhere that year. You know, the, the Eli Manning has got to be one of the most overrated quarterbacks. He, he had a, oh, he's not good. He just happened to he have wasn't great. Good. Happened to have great. Not even he didn't even have a great game in 07. He had one. Great, th- it wasn't even a great. Th- I'm not even giving him that one. That Super Bowl in 07. Give it to Plaxico. Freaking, you know, like he they, they had him in the grasp. They couldn't they couldn't sack him. He he just chucks it up and then the helmet catches just the most flukiest miracle catch of all time. That was you know one of the more disappointing nights uh, of my uh, life as a sports fan. And then isn't David Tyree like super like conspiracy theorist now too, which like, makes think, it worse. I think he became something like the Herschel Walker type. Yeah, maybe not actually running for all. Yeah, but I think he. I yeah. think he like claimed one of the shootings was like fake, and I was like, oh, no, gosh, on, like, do Sand, that. You know, like a Sandy Hook. Conspiracy. It was like one of those. Yeah, I think so. It was like yeah, one of those yeah, kind I mean, of situations. Even, I mean, yeah, I mean that goes without saying. But like, yeah, but just that that game. Or he that was like team. super anti gay marriage. It was something. Yeah. It was something like that. We're like, oh, come on, man. It's bad enough <laughs> you have this thing. Literally, only Giants fans actually liked that. The fact that the but like the, I know people hated the Patriots, but like I don't think anybody really cared about the Giants ruining that perfect season. Uh, I wish the Giants just kind of laid down and let the Patriots have their moment there. You know, They're really selfish whatever. of them not to. to very selfish, you. very selfish, <laughs> very selfish. Very. What about my needs, Giants? What about me? <laughs> Nipples um, protruding. Very disgusting. <laughs> very disgusting. <laughs> very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Very very disrespectful. <laughs> um. Just because you pick with the the eleven Giants, I went with the 07 Giants. So that's fair. The freaking New York Football Giants topping our big three. What really else hate you got? Him. Really hate them. Uh, all right, number two for me, and maybe this is just sour grapes. It's possible it's sour grapes. 2019 St. Louis Blues. This was oh, not. Yeah. This was not a good hockey team. No, that was, was on my. Not. Was on my big board. Jordan Bennington won four games in June. 
I don't think he's won four games since. This guy stinks. He's not a good goalie. He's awful now. And it's like, you lost and this he's guy? A, and he's a psycho. Yeah. He's always trying to fight guys, but nobody, like he's losing. It's like, oh, you're trying to get an early hook. Yeah, he's nobody likes him. The game. Nobody likes the guy. No. And you look at that team, like, Ryan O'Reilly was great. Uh, Alex, Alex Petrangelo was great. Everyone else, you're like, good player, not great player. Good player, not great player. I mean, player. I'd even say that about... O'Reilly and Petrangelo. I thought O'Reilly was They were great, great in that series, yeah. but like they're not great players. Like they, they I think good time run. has caught up to O'Reilly, like his body. Like he's had a lot of injuries, and I think it's kind of taken its toll on him, but I thought he was yeah, twenty nineteen was obviously his peak. Right, right. Nothing but downhill from there. But you know That team should not have won. Bruins should not have choked as badly as they did in that game seven. And then the game two Unacceptable. game two overtime winner by Carl Gunnarsson. You're like, really? Carl yeah. Gunnarsson's gonna score overtime game winners? That now? was a tough one. Uh the game five, uh the non call on Achari basically gifts them a game. Uh, game seven, and then Benson has a game of his life in game seven, coupled with... Uh, Not even, he had a period, the period right, of his life. period of his life, coupled with uh, Martian going for a bad change, and then they have a Stanley Cup. It's like, well, that sucks. Just not, I just more proof. The cup, Stanley Cup is a, a total crapshoot, and whatever happens, happens. I don't even care anymore. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, I, I remember doing radio after the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup, and someone was like, are you going to give credit to Jordan Bennington now? And I'm like, no, because I don't believe in him. I don't <laughs> no. think he's that good of a goalie. Guy and sucks. then, sure enough, I've been right. He got You're, he had one hot run. That was it. You were completely right, but that goes back to that's a callback to what we were talking about earlier. I guess you yeah. just need a guy to go on a run. Exactly. You don't need to invest too much. You don't need the, the best goalie in the world. You just need a guy to go on a run. Yeah, so that 2019 Blues team, man, I just, I, I, I just don't, I don't, I still to this day don't know how they won it, but they did. <laughs> it's a great pick, though. Um. All right. I might need to keep it local here. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I I feel bad saying this, but the 2018 New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah, no, that was fair. a team that we <laughs> hated watching for most of that 2018 season. Tom Brady was not happy. The offense is not good. Rob Gronkowski was a shell of himself. They were losing these these winnable games. They they've lost two or three in a row down the stretch where it's like, oh great, now they're gonna play on Wild Card Week, and they somehow. Uh, or did they play on wildcard weekend, or did they get a bye? I think they snuck into a bye. That I think I, they snuck into a bye because wasn't the first game? Yeah, because the they Chargers? only played. They only played the Chargers and, and the then Chiefs. and then the Chiefs, I believe that year. I think that so, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, they played the Chargers in the divisional. I don't think they beat anybody in the because that was their big playoff debut. We we're like, well, I think it was Ted Johnson, our colleague at the sports. Like, hey, maybe they flip a switch. And lo and behold, they flipped the damn switch. Did they I get, mean, no, did they play on wildcard week? Did they have Tennessee? What year was that? No, they... that was the year after. Oh, okay. That okay. was the year after they lost to Tennessee in wildcard. We the, the end of the 2019 season was sort no, of no, how we won. thought it was going to go. They in beat 20... Tennessee. What year was that? Were no, they... that was 2017. They oh, beat okay. Tennessee, okay. but that was, was the like divisional. Stupidly cold. That was the divisional. They didn't play it in the wild card round until 2019. They they played. They got to buy and play in the AFC title game for like a 19 straight years. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they were not a great team. They just went on a great run. I think it's only fair. If I'm going to say, like, the 20, 2007-11 New York Giants, I mean, the Patriots just really made it up at the end of that run. Not that I regret it. You know, I got to go to that Super Bowl and cover that team, and it was a pleasure to cover the team and nothing, no disrespect to the guys on the team. But that wasn't, like, a great all-time team, not, not even close. That was not the team that anyone thought was actually going to go win it. And, uh, you know, they pulled it off somehow. Brady and Gronk made the one play they needed to make. The defense dominated against, a, you know, a perfect target in Jared Goff. Uh, Bill Belichick coached circles around Sean McVay, who was busy, you know, 
licking Belichick's toes before the start of the game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not a great team, but went on a great run. That's that's so I'm putting them on my big three. That's fair. That's recency bias, obviously. Yeah, no, it's one of those ones we'll look back in twenty years and go, Oh, what a great run. And like that's one of those I would I keep telling people it's like you 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 disrespect Sony Michelle at your own risk. I bet mm-hmm. wouldn't you love to have a, a guy who's running a Rough shot over the opposition in the playoffs in the Super Bowl right now. Got Ramondre Stevenson. Maybe, yeah, he, maybe that, he can be that guy. Taking a damn championship for granted over there. Uh, all right. Number three. Do I go football? Do I go hockey? I am going to go football again. The 2015 Denver Broncos. This team was painful to watch. They were like their def- their defense it was, was basically, fantastic. They were the Denver Vaughn Millers, basically. Exactly. You know, you want to know what Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning did in that, in that Super Bowl? Oh, God, it was awful. 13 for 23, 141 yards, one interception, and two fumbles. Dude, he looked like and he, he was, won the game. He looked like he was trying to throw a paper bag, like a crumpled up paper bag <laughs> that last year. It was crazy. Like like if you try to throw something made of paper and it just gets just blown away in the wind, that's what the ball looked like It was coming out of his hand. And it was just like it, it was not a fun team to watch. And that was year they I think that was year they had to go between Manning and Osweiler. They had to go like back and yep. forth, back and forth. And it's just not like that team, yeah, it was Von Miller. It was Von Miller who did it. And it, well, Derek Wolf was did he have a good year too that year, yes. I believe. Yeah, I um, believe yeah, that name. And that's right. all it was. And then and then they had uh, they had Aqib Talib uh in their secondary, I believe as well that year, I wanna say. I think that was after he left the mm, Patriots. That was, yeah, no, yeah. yeah that was yeah. So it was their defense, but their offense was miserable to watch. And that Super Bowl is one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever watched in my entire life. That Cam Newton uh, Panthers versus the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos was one of the worst Super Bowls of my era of the caring about football. So I have to go Broncos there for my number three pick. A lot of contenders, but that's where I'm going. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to keep it local for my third pick. The 2013 Boston Red Sox. Mm. This was a team. That they put together thinking, like, let's just play hard and see what happens. They somehow win 95 games with Mike Napoli, Shane Victorino, and, like, that whole collection of guys. They they came together at the right time. They they played well, all surprisingly well all season. And they, they played really well in the playoffs. They dominated uh, in, the, in the World Series. Koji Ohara coming out of nowhere as a dominant closer. That was a fun season, and especially like with like the Boston Marathon bombing and like everything after that, and like the city coming together. This is our this is our effing city, as David Ortiz said. Obviously, David Ortiz was great, but that was not that was. I mean, the fact that that team won the World Series was incredible. Just the, the way they put that team together. I'm pretty sure they were just hoping for like sort of like what they are this year. Where it's like a bunch of ragtags, like hoping that they come together the right way, and it's like obviously it's not going to come together for this year's team. I don't think, not pitching wise anyway, because that team, the 2013 Red Sox, at least had John Lester still pitching well, and John Lackey redeemed himself and all that. So there, there were fun things. It was a fun team to watch and all that. But I mean, that's not one of the great teams of all time. They just happened to go on a great run at the right time, and so I and and you know, there's a local angle and the recency bias and all that. So I put them on my list. That's a fair one. That's because that, yeah, that team was not supposed to be good, and no, uh, it, it it happened. You know, like in terms of uh, you know, it, it all came together at the right time, perfect storm kind of season. Mm. But that was like yeah, and and the worst thing about that was that that becoming like a new sort of uh, 
like template for them. Be like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll just bring a bunch of veterans and hope it comes together. Like that's what yeah. this year's team feels like. Where it's like, yeah, okay, I guess, like sure. Uh, I I just I also hate that because you're the Boston Red Sox. You have more money than like every team in the world. Use it, please. yeah. It's been please frustrating. use it. Been a frustrating few years, I would say. Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Oh four Pistons is a good one. They had a lot of good players, but like there was no reason to look back at that team and say like that team definitely should have won a championship. But they. But I think at the same time, I think that the more I look back on it. Because this was in my running. The more I think we realized, like, that 4 Lakers team was so old and so washed. It was like Carl yeah. Malone and, like, Gary Payton on, like, the, they like, caught the 19th team. hole of their careers. Yeah, they <laughs> caught that team at the perfect time for, like, their career on the downturn. Uh, basketball-wise, I, other than Kobe. I have a Lakers team on mine. The 2020 Bubble Lakers, which oh, won God. a championship. You know, in the playoffs, you know what? Uh, their their team went, uh, LeBron, or Anthony Davis averaged 27.7 points a game. LeBron James averaged 27.6 points a game. And the third highest score, Kentavious Caldwell Pope with 10.7 points per game. That was good not Lord. a good team. This was LeBron and AD winning fake in a gym. Year. Winning gym them basketball because that was a bubble. Yeah, them and the Bucks that year was a fake. Yeah. And so, I'll give you t- the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Those mm-hmm. were legit teams at least. They were. They were. But you look at back. But the this, bubble year, it just nothing happened. This Lakers year. roster, right? Like... It was AD, LeBron, uh, Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, oh, Taylor no. Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. It's not a good roster. This roster stunk. This is not a good no, team. No, JaVale McGee. Uh, so that that's what I got. Uh, another one for me, uh, 2015 Blackhawks. And I say that this was the third of their three championships. Mm-hmm. This team was when it started getting kind of old and decrepit and like not very good. They won this title on the back of Corey Crawford, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith. Another like, random goalie. They had, like this run, they had Brad Richards, who was old and done. Oh, they had Kimo Timonen, old and done. Oh, I love Kimo Timonen. They had, uh, they had uh, uh, Michael Roosevelt on the, on the back end. Oh, Roosevelt. They had, like, Andrew Shaw was in an elevated role. Oh, my Brian God. Name more old hockey players. This is nostalgia is wafting over me. But this but this team was this team was just those big three. It was the big three for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like they carried them. And that's rare. And hockey. then they beat a Lightning team that was, like, too young. They The Lightning were not too ready. Young. They were too, not too ready young. for that moment. So uh, they, they're on my list. And my last one, uh, which probably isn't on yours, again, might be Sour Grapes because they beat uh, the Cubs. The 2003 Marlins. Not a good team. Just no, not, not had, that good of a team. I had the 97 and the 03 Marlins yeah. on my list. 03 Marlins were basically Josh Beckett. Josh which Beckett. Is wild to think about. Dontrell Willis, Pudge Rodriguez, a young Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera, yeah. And then. Came out of nowhere. Juan Pierre. That was the Steve. Like, yeah, Juan Pierre. That was Derek the Steve Lee. Bartman year, right? Steve it was. Bartman. Game six, yeah. Oh, boy. Poor guy. Yeah. I still don't think Moises Lou catches that ball, but that's just me. No, yeah. I, I just don't. I I don't know. Like that's why I feel bad about Steve Bartman. It's like we're ruining this guy's life. Moises Alou, I don't know if he catches that. I think it was just a perfect like moment. Right. Or it's like it's the guy the weird looking guy with the headphones on. You yeah. Know, it was just like a it was sort of like a perfect storm thing, not not necessarily that he actually like ruined their chances. I wonder what he's up to these days. I hope he got I, hope I he think he's still life now. There was like a thirty for thirty or some kind of documentary where it's like he's still reclusive. Yeah. Even People after like, winning, they still like the last few years when they made this thing, tried to reach out to him to get him to just say something, and he refused. He still refuses to do anything. So I think 
Yeah, I think we I think we broke him. Yeah, that was like a weird like that's a weird like pre Twitter like guy getting canceled, getting his life ruined by uh, the the mob sort of thing. Well, the annoying thing about it though is that what what I've always hated about that is that there's like twenty people going for the ball. So if he just sits down, someone is still grabbing it. Yeah, we're gonna ruin this guy. Like, yeah, come on. it's not like he was the one guy. Was, yeah, the, but like it's just because like he had that look to him. He had the the headphones and everything. Right, right. I think that's why it's sort of like caught fire. Yeah. Well, they got uh, remember that remember that old clip? Like again, this was like pre like Twitter and everything. Like someone called into ESPN pretending to be Steve Bartman, and it was like a Howard Stern prank yes, call. Yeah, and Howard like, Stern's butt cheese like or whatever. John Anderson was like. We've been had. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like that's well, what it was. I think it was Dan Patrick. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I knew it was like one of the <laughs> sports Stern, like veterans. Yeah, no, Howard Stern's butt cheese. It was good. It was yeah. a good one. It was good yeah. content. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What else do I have? Uh, the 2005 Steelers were pretty bad. Oh yeah, that not, was one of the that was the worst Super Bowl of our lifetime. I think. No worst game. Uh, worst was Colts Bears. That one was trash. That one was bad. The the one with the Seahawks absolutely obliterated the Broncos was a bad one. Yeah, the one you already mentioned, Broncos Panthers was pretty bad. This, I mean, this, remember the Steelers beating the Seahawks. Ben Roethlisberger was so bad. And it's Who was like the quarterback? Had, Matt Hasselbeck was he the other quarterback? Matt Hasselbeck was yeah. was uh, the Seahawks quarterback that year. You know what's funny? For a long time, the worst Super Bowl of our lives, I thought was that was that uh, Ravens was it Giants? Ravens Giants? I got the two thousand Ravens on my list. They yeah. had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and they had a good running back, Jamal Lewis. Other than that. Yeah, Trent Dilfer was quarterback. Trent like, Dilfer is your stupid, your freaking quarterback. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. It used to be, like, that was the worst, and now it feels like every other year there's a really bad Super Bowl. It feels like. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's what it, yeah, the Patriots, uh, the Brady-Belichick era made the Super Bowl a lot more interesting, I think. Oh, no, that's I'm the thing. You sure. would never say the Patriots had a bad Super Bowl except for that 13-3, but that it was that them or the Ra- uh, the Rams, rather. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who made that bad? Yeah. Probably the Rams not, not being able sh- to complete a pass or I do guess, anything. I'm not even sure that was that bad of a game. No, it was, it was close. Not much, it was, it was close. not much action, but there was tension or, like, any play, like, the game could flip. That's the, what I thought was good about that game. The I Patriots thought. have never had a bad Super Bowl in the modern era. Yeah. Like the closest had a one, one to me was the first Eagles one, where it's like, yeah, that wasn't a terribly exciting game, but still decided by a field goal. Yeah, you know, at the yeah. end of the game, it like, was close. Yeah. Things could have happened at the end of the game, but then Andy Reid went on like an eight-minute drive <laughs> down ten. He's like, no, with we like, got time. Like, with sure, like nine we minutes don't. Left. It's like, no, yeah, we got time. Let me use it up. Yeah. He's Dorian from the mask. There's always time. It's like no, there's no, there not. Isn't. It's it's in fact the most finite thing we have. It's, there's nothing more limited than our time. Uh, uh, speaking of time, all right, we're out of here. All right, I I don't know how we we got a ninety minute pod out of this tie, but we'll we'll keep piecing it together. It was a good pod, I thought. Mm, good talks, I thought so, yeah. Good talks. We'll come the up. The elevator's stuff. fixed, by the way. Oh, the elevator's fixed. I think that's because Felger walked over there. Felger oh, has did. left the building, folks. How did I'm sure people really enjoyed that? Yeah. Felger just makes people happy. That's that's Felger's job. That's his whole thing. <laughs> it's his whole existence. All right. Well, if you made it this far, thanks. I love you. This is the Sports Hub Underground. I'm Matt Dolph. He's Ty Anderson. Ty, do you have any closing thoughts? I never do. Good. Never. Never. Not once. If you ever He's do, he's not that's... the best play- color commentator in the league for no, nothing, no, baby. No, no, no. Well, now we're jumping the shark. Yeah. We're gonna jump the shark the second Ty has any closing thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so so don't do that. All right, thanks for listening, folks. Well, you can get us you can get us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. You can get us every single episode at 985thesportshub.com, Sports Hub app. You can 
customize the app however you want. Listen to us there whenever you want. Get us every week. We'll talk to you again next time.